that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? You know, we were all born into a ready-made world of religion. And when you came into the world, when I came into the world, we didn't question whether the stuff that, you know, our parents taught us or the society in which we were born in, we, we really didn't question whether it, it was correct or right or not. We're all born into a ready-made world of religion. Religion is wrapped up in a very beautiful package. It's easy to accept. There's not much you have to do. You know, just believe, just accept. And we basically just go on blind faith that what we've been taught, what our society teaches us about religion, what our churches teach us, that it must be right, that it must be coming from the Word of God, that this is God's will, that this is God's you know, purpose for me down here, what I've been taught, what my church has taught me, what my parents have taught me. Hey, it's got to be right. Listen, you and I were born into a ready-made world of religion. The world of churchianity basically said, when you came into this world, it said, now this is the day that you go to church. You go to church every Sunday. Uh, these are the holidays that you celebrate God with, Christmas and Easter and Halloween, well, wait a minute, surely Halloween is not in the churches, is it? No, it can't be. No way, no way. No way would some pagan holiday like Halloween about ghosts and, and, and witches and, and evil and satanic spirits, that wouldn't be in the church, would it? You see, churchianity basically said, okay, this is what you do, this is how you believe, it sort of had it all laid out for us. And the assumption is, the assumption that we all had was, well, it's got to be right. I mean, how could it be wrong? I mean, this is the world in which I live in. The assumption was, it's got to be right. God would never allow people to be deceived, would he? Well, listen. <laughs> You know, you believe that, and you're going to meet a lot of people in hell if you think God would never allow a person to be deceived. Listen, sincerity, you can be sincere and sincerely wrong, okay? Sincerity is not one of the qualifications that God says, okay, you're sincere, even though you're believing a lie, I'll let you, you know, you're okay. No, just because you're sincere doesn't make what you believe right. There are all kinds of people who are sincere. You know, Hitler was sincere in creating the master race of people and the destruction of, you know, six million Jews. I mean, he was sincere. He was trying to bring about a form of sort of like the kingdom of God on this earth with this superior race of people. He was sincere, but he was sincerely wrong. Okay. Now, when it comes to not being deceived, we need to understand this verse in Acts 17 and verse 11. This is something that you must do in order not to be deceived, in order not to believe a lie. This is something that you've got to do 
in order not just to be sincere, but sincerely wrong. You've got to do this, Acts 17 and verse 11. It says, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Now there's two things here that we've got to have in order not to be deceived. First of all, a readiness of mind. That means your mind is in gear, your mind is activated, you're thinking, you're thinking for yourself. You're not just being spoon-fed what someone else tells you and what someone else tells you is in the Bible. How many times I've heard the response, well my minister said, well I'll have to check that out with my minister whether that's right or not. Well listen, if your minister has been in, in a theology class has, has been taught a lie, then all he's going to repeat is the lie that he's been taught. Okay? Again, just because your minister is sincere, he could be sincerely wrong. Okay? We've got to understand that. All right? So the first thing you've got to have not to be deceived is a readiness of mind like the Thess Thessalonians, uh, people in, Th excuse me, people in Thessalonica. You've got to have a readiness of mind. And the second thing you've got to do is to prove whether what I tell you is true. As the scripture says here, they searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Now, this is what you've got to have. You know, don't just believe it because someone says it. Prove it from the Bible, okay? That's what you've got to do. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and I want you to prove me wrong, okay? I'm going to tell you something right now, and I want you to prove me wrong, okay? Here's what I'm going to tell you. Jesus never went to church on Sunday, nor did the early New Testament church observe Sunday. Let me repeat that. Jesus Christ did not worship on a Sunday morning worship service, nor did the early New Testament church observe Sunday. Now, what I want you to do is to prove me wrong, okay? Get your Bibles out, all right? Get your Bibles out. Open them up for the first time in about three or four months. Blow the dust off and prove me wrong. Now you see, what you've been taught, what you believe is this. You believe something like this. Now you may have some understanding that the Jews uh, kept the Sabbath day, which is Saturday. All right, And you may have a little bit of background information that the Sabbath is uh, Saturday, the fourth commandment. You may have that and you may not. But basically what you believe is that somewhere around Christ's time when he walked this earth, that he made a change that because, it goes something like this, because of his resurrection, that he rose from the dead on a Sunday, and because of that, your assumption is he changed the day of worship to Sunday, from Sabbath to Sunday. All right, that's your assumption. Now, you know what the word assumption means. You break that word down, and it means it makes a rear end of you and me both. Never assume anything. And there's all kinds of people running around assuming that Jesus, for some strange reason, changed the day of worship to Sunday. And that's what most of you believe, okay? All right, now let's back up and let's ask the question, okay, what is the Sabbath? I keep the seventh day Sabbath, which is Saturday. It starts at Friday sunset and it ends Saturday sunset. Now, I'm also, uh, I'm part owner of a business and on Saturday we shut our business down. Also, we don't allow any, any of our workers to work for us. In other words, they can't make us any money on the Sabbath. 
We shut it down, we unplug ourselves, just like an overloaded receptacle socket that you have in your home where you've got you know, eight extension cords running out of it. You've got all kinds of, you know, we, the Sabbath is a day of rest. It's a day of relaxation. It's a day to remember God's creation, to observe God's creation, to be thankful for creation, to be with your family, to be with your wife, to be with your children, to rest, not, don't do any work. You don't work on this day. And the Sabbath is really an enjoyable uh, experience. It really is. I mean, some people, you've heard of the workaholic, okay? You know, I could, I could, because I'm a highly productive person, I could fit into that category of being a workaholic. The only reason I'm not a workaholic is because of the fourth commandment, where God says, I want you to keep, don't you trample your foot on my Sabbath day. This is my holy time. I want you to keep my Sabbath day. That's the only reason I'm not a workaholic. If it weren't for the Sabbath, I would be just like the slaves in Egypt, the Israelites in Egypt, who had to work seven days a week making bricks, okay? That's, that would be me if it weren't for God's law, the Sabbath day. Okay, now, <clears throat> so I've explained to you what the Sabbath is. Now, on the other side of the coin, there's, there is a carnal side of me. We all have our carnal sides. I mean, to deny that would be a lie. I mean, we all struggle with carnality, the natural way we are, the human nature, which uh, must be destroyed by the power of God's Holy Spirit. But I still struggle with that carnal side. Okay, now the carnal side of me would like for someone to come along and prove to me, that is the carnal side of me, to prove to me that I don't have to keep the Sabbath. That, oh, David, you're barking up the wrong tree. That Let me show you from the Word of God that you don't need to keep the Sabbath. You can do anything you want to on the Sabbath. You can work. You can have your guys making you money on the Sabbath. Uh, you can just, all you need to do is just go to church on the first day of the week, Sunday. Go to an early morning service, uh, touch bases with the Lord for 45 minutes, and then get out of there, get that religious stuff over with, and then go back to your normal routine. Now, the carnal side of me would like for someone to prove that to me, you know, from the Bible. But for the past 20 years, no one's been able to prove that to me from the Bible, that I can do that, from the Word of God. It's never been proven to me. But the carnal side of me would like for some, because, hey, I'm all for making more money. I mean, if we can get our guys out there working on the Sabbath, they can make us more money. And if I can do whatever I want to do, because Saturday's the busiest day of the week. I mean, it's a day everybody's doing everything. It's all the sporting events and all the good time that people are having. Hey, the carnal side of me would like for someone to come along and prove to me from the Bible that I don't have to keep the Sabbath. Now, I want to go back to, of all places, not necessarily the Bible right now, but to the dictionary. Okay, let's look up the word Sunday in the dictionary. Definition says... It is Sunday, the first day of the week, the day of the week after Saturday and before Monday. Okay, you knew that, didn't you? Now that's the definition of Sunday. It is the first day of the week. It is the first work day of the week. Now, let's look up the word Saturday in your dictionary. The word Saturday means it is the seventh day of the week, the day of the week after Friday and before Sunday. Now again, I think you knew that, didn't you? All right, you already knew that. Okay, you got a good definition of what the days mean. Okay, 
All right, Sunday, the first day of the week, Saturday is the seventh day of the week. Now, now let's go to the fourth commandment in Exodus 20 and verse 8. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. What day? The Sabbath day. Okay, what day is the Sabbath day? We don't know yet, do we? All right, next verse. Verse 9, six days shall you labor and do all your work. Okay, six days, I got that. Okay, so I start on the first day, which is Sunday. Okay, I go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. All right, I'm working six days a week. All right, let's go to the next verse. Exodus 20 and verse 10. But the seventh day, now what day was the seventh day? It was Saturday. Okay. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it you shall do no, any work. Uh, you nor your sons, nor your daughters, nor your manservants, nor your maidservants, nor your cattle, nor the stranger that is within your gate. In other words, you give everybody a break, including your animals. You don't work them out in the field either. On the Sabbath day. Okay. So we've, we've, now we've got something to go on here. We find out that we're supposed to work six, six days a week and that the seventh day, which is Saturday, is the Sabbath day. Now, uh, according to the dictionary then and the Bible, okay, according to the dictionary and the Bible, which day is the Sabbath day? I, I can't hear you. You don't want to admit it, do you? Okay, all right. According to the Bible and the dictionary, the seventh day of the week is Saturday, which is the Sabbath. Now, I can just hear someone say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I've heard this excuse. Listen, I've heard all the excuses for not keeping the Sabbath. But this is one. Uh, well, time's been lost. We can't know. I mean, maybe the first day is the second day. Maybe the third day is the fifth day. We don't know. Time's been lost. Let me ask you something. H have you ever lost track of what day it is? Sure you have. Well, what do you do? Well, you, 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 you said, excuse me, what day is it? And that person you asked says, uh, I don't know. And, and hey, hey, over there, hey, can you tell me what day it is? Uh, uh, attention Walmart shoppers, is there anybody in Walmart that can tell me what day it is? No, no one knows in all of Walmart. And you call the president of the United States and you ask him, sir, what day is it? I don't know. I mean, no one knows what day it is. Well, of course not. I'm being silly. You know, it's, it's listen, the, the, the weekly time uh, of, of, of seven-day weekly cycle has been in existence for 6,000 years. People weren't dumb back then either. I mean, they kept record of time according to the new moon, according to the seasonal plan. The, the agrarian society in which Israel lived in revolved around the seasons and times and they kept track of days. And, and yeah, while they might have lost track of what day it was, they, no one ever lost track of it altogether. But my point is, look, you're responsible for what you know. Well, what do you know? Well, you know from the dictionary that Sunday is the first day of the week, and you know from the dictionary that Saturday is the seventh day of the week, and you know from the Bible that God tells you to keep the seventh day of the week. That's what you know. Okay, you're responsible for what you know, not what you don't know. Don't play this little ignorant game of time's been lost and we, can, we don't know. Oh, no, there, there, there's something that you can know, and I've just explained it to you. Explained it to you in detail. Yes, okay. Okay, if you're a Sunday keeper, how could you be wrong? Surely all these churches cannot be wrong. I mean, surely all these people going to church every Sunday morning are not, surely they can't be wrong. Surely 
all of these churches that dot our land cannot be wrong, right? No, wrong. No, I'm saying, yes, they are wrong. That's what I'm saying. Now, I want to give you a quote from the Catholic authorities here, uh, James Gibbons Cardinal. Uh, this is from The Faith of Our Fathers, the 88th edition, page 89. And this is what the Catholic authority says on this subject. It says, but you may read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and you will not find a single line authorizing the sanctification of Sunday. The scripture enforces the religious observance of Saturday, a day which we never sanctified. It's amazing that they would even admit this. But they're saying, look, this, this, the scripture nowhere enforces from Genesis to Revelation the sanctification of Sunday. Nowhere is it in the Bible. That's what the Catholic authority says. All right, let's continue on. Another question was, have you any other way of proving that the church, speaking of the Catholic church, has power to institute festivals or precepts? Answer. Had she, the church, not such power, she could not have done that which in all modern religionists agree with her. She could not have substituted the observance of Sunday, the first day of the week, for the observance of Saturday, the seventh day. A change which there is no scripture authority. This is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And that little statement, she could not have done that which all modern religionists agree with. Yeah, everybody falls in line with the Catholic Church because they change, they're the ones responsible for changing the day from Sabbath to Sunday. And all other, other religions just fall right in line with their authority on that subject. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So by what authority did they change, did the Catholic Church change the day of worship? All right, they already admitted that there is no biblical authority for it. Okay, if there is no biblical authority for it, then where did the authority come from? Well, you've got to understand something. For the Catholic Church, uh, yes, they, to some degree, go by the Bible, but they also go a lot by church tradition, uh, church fathers, and also the Pope. Uh, in other words... They believe in what is referred to as the primacy of Peter, that Peter was the first pope, and that Jesus gave to Peter the authority to bind and loose laws. And so if the pope comes along and says, we're going to bind as the, you know, the day of worship, Sunday, we're going to bind that as law, and we're going to loose the fourth commandment, that's perfectly all right in their theology, okay? And that's exactly what took place. They bound Sunday as a day of worship, the chosen day of worship, and loose the fourth commandment. Now, I'm telling you, anybody with five brain cells in their head knows they can't go around, you can't go around messing, messing with God's law. God says, I change not. And so for any religious organization or institution to come along and say, we're going to change the fourth commandment. That's playing with fire, by the way. And, you know, the Protestant Reformation supposedly came out of Catholicism, and, but, you know, they really didn't. I mean, other than the idol worship thing in churches, they did break away from that. But for the most part, they, adopt, they adopted the same day of worship that the Catholic Church admits they changed from Sabbath to Sunday. They're responsible for that change. The Protestant Reformation, they took that, 
kept that, didn't, you know, kept the pagan holidays, the worship, you know, of Jesus' birthday, and it really was not much of a change at all. The Protestant Reformation was not. Okay, Jesus did not go to church on Sunday, nor did the early New Testament church observe Sunday. Let's prove this from the Bible, Acts 17 verse 2, And Paul, as his manner was, went unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned reason with them out of the Scripture. Now this is after the ascension of Christ. You know, Christ has returned back to the Father at the right hand of God. And Paul, as his manner was, went unto them and preached the Sabbath on three Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of the Scripture. Paul kept the Sabbath day. Acts 13 and verse 42, And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached unto them the next Sabbath. Skipping on down to verse 44, And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Now think about this. If some kind of a change had taken place, if Jesus had changed the day, you know, to, to Sunday, why, was, why did Paul say, you know, come back the next Sabbath day? He could have just said, well, look, just come back the next day. It's the Lord's day. It's Sunday. Why did he tell them, you know, to come back the next Sabbath day? If Sunday keeping was a part of their tradition, he would have never said that. He would have said, look, you Gentiles can just come back tomorrow. Tomorrow's Sunday. We'll worship then. No, but he told them, come back the next Sabbath day. Uh, the Jerusalem Council is something also that is critical to understand. You know, it was a, they were having a doctrinal, you know, mistake here. There was this belief that in order to be saved, you had to be circumcised. And this was a huge thing that they discussed and discussed and discussed. And finally, they came to the conclusion that no, you don't have to be circumcised in order to be, um, uh, in order to be saved. But my point is this, circumcision is not even one of the Ten Commandments. And, they, and this, this is recorded for us in the book of Acts. And, now, my point is this, suppose there had been a change in the day of worship. Of changing, first of all, God says, I change not. And if there had been a change from the fourth commandment, if there had been a change in the fourth commandment from Sabbath to Sunday, this would have been huge. This would have been monumental. I mean, this would have been discussed. The day of worship being changed would have been discussed at the Jerusalem Council. That's all they would have talked about. There's not a mention of the word. No mention of any change of the Sabbath day at the Jerusalem Council. Why? Why is that? Because there was never a change in the day of worship. Okay, when Christ returns to this earth to set up his kingdom, what day will you be going to church on? It's a good question. Well, let's let the Bible answer that question. Isaiah 66 and verse 22, excuse me, verse 22 says this, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make, shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. Now this scripture in Isaiah is millennial setting. What does that mean? It's referring to in the future when Christ returns, sets up his kingdom on this earth, and eventually there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Well, let's see what takes place in that new heaven and a new earth. Verse 23, and it says, And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, says the Lord. Notice that. From one new moon to another, 
and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall worship before me. Does all flesh include you? Are you part of that? Well, yes, you are. Now, so we see in the future when Christ returns and sets up his kingdom on this earth, everybody will be keeping God's Sabbath day. Now, my question is, why not now? Why not now? I mean, if, if you're being convicted or if you've been shown the truth about what the Bible says on this subject, why not now? Do you have the courage to admit that you've been lied to about the Bible? Question, do you have the courage to admit that you've been lied to about the Bible? Now, I want to tell you something. There are more excuses for not keeping the Sabbath than you can imagine. And uh, I mean, it's just, I tell you, all you got to do is just ask a preacher. You know, just, just say, well, what about this? I heard about this Sabbath thing and keeping the seventh day commandment and the fourth commandment, and I'm just wondering about that. I'll tell you, there is a pat answer that a preacher will give you. There's a list of scriptures that he will go through to tell you, no, it's not necessary. You don't have to do that. All that's been changed, and we already, we've already seen who changed the day from Sabbath to Sunday. It's not the Bible, okay? It's not in the Bible. But, you're, but the preacher will have a pat answer for all kinds of excuses for not keeping the Sabbath. Now, for that reason, I've, uh, what I want you to do, if you have access to the Internet, you can visit my, my YouTube uh, page, which is youtube.com forward slash is that in the Bible. It's at the bottom of the screen right now. That's youtube.com forward slash is that in the Bible.com. And what I've been working on now are excuses for not keeping the Sabbath. And I go through every one that your preacher will tell you as to why it's not important. So you need to arm yourself for that in advance. Prepare yourself because it's, he's going to go through every one of these that I mentioned on this YouTube page. Check that out for yourself. Also, I would like to offer you, if you have the courage... Uh, the Sabbath Bible study. This is a fascinating, intense study of which day is the Christian Sabbath. That's the first study. Who made and established the Christian Sabbath? That's the next one. God, not Moses, gave the law. Yes, that's right. God, not Moses, gave the law. A special eternal covenant. A special, the Sabbath day, a special eternal covenant. Which day for Gentile Christians? Okay. I mean, this covers it all. Why Israel and Judah were made slaves. You need to know why they were made slaves. It's an interesting study. Uh, is Sunday mentioned in the New Testament? Yes, it's mentioned, I think, about eight times. And it will tell you, it will go through each one of those references in the Bible about Sunday and explain each one. Now, listen, don't order this unless you are sincere. Because, you see, I don't want to waste your time, and I don't want you wasting my money. Because this stuff gets expensive, you know, to, to mail out. So, order it if you are sincere and are willing to change. But don't order it if you're not sincere and, and unwilling to change, okay? All right. Will you be keeping the Sabbath day when Christ returns? Answer, yes. Yes. Yes, you will. And your excuses will get you nowhere with God when this day comes. Nowhere with God. And that's what's really in your Bible.
If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program.